Welcome to this week's episode of Weekly Devotions with Pastor James. My name is James. Hope you are doing fantastic today. Uh, football season is just about underway. Uh, that is regular season. Uh, preseason doesn't really count in my mind and uh I'm getting excited for that, and so many people get excited for uh, football season, and uh, it could be baseball season, hockey season, whatever the case, but we'll use football season uh, today because uh, football season is just around the corner, and if you, maybe you know somebody like this, maybe you are uh, this type of person, uh, you live for uh, the the season of that sport, and so a lot of people live for football season. Football and hockey, and I think some soccer fans, they just they're completely different people, and you can tell by their lives, from the tattoos to the clothes they're wearing, that they literally live for that sport, that team that season that they're all in and they are incredibly excited for and they are everything is about that team and that sport and you're like where are you going with that uh where i'm going with that is this who are you living for right now what are you living for in your life and that's a good question to ask, isn't it? Uh, if you're new with us today, um, what we do here at Weekly Devotions is we try to take uh, 15 to 20 minutes and we kind of have a devotion, just like in the title. Uh, and my aim is to help you have a healthier walk with Jesus. And so if you're tuning in, uh, want to tell you about Jesus, want to tell you about the scriptures, want to tell you about the Bible, and hopefully prayerfully uh, introduce you to Jesus and help you to have a better walk with Jesus. And we've been in this uh, little series uh, called Unsung Heroes, and we've been looking at people that um, they're unsung, that you kind of know about them, but you're you're not really told much about them or you don't see a lot of them in uh, the scriptures. We've seen Benaniah and Mary the last two weeks. And this week, I want to bring you to a man by the name of Elisha. Now, if you have a Bible background, uh, you might know Elisha or you might be thinking about Elijah. There, There's two men and this is one of the areas where I think God has a sense of humor. Uh, one man God is using is named Elijah, and the man that he uh, picks to replace himself is goes by a name of Elisha. So it, it's a little confusing, uh, but I want you to just take a note of the man Elisha today. And we're going to be in uh, 1 Kings chapter 19. Uh, and I'm just going to read to you verses 19 uh, to the end of the chapter, which is uh, verse 21. And I want to give you a little bit of a picture of who Elisha was. And I want to give you one main overarching theme of his life that you and I could and should be applying to our lives and living out. And um, it's really important, especially in our culture. And I think that would come to uh, come to be seen as as we go through this. So let me read to you uh, first Kings chapter 19 uh, verses 19 to 21. What we read there is this. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen, ran after Elijah. 
Let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his attendant. And that's all we, we're going to take a look at um, today. And so I, I want to set this up for you. Because Elisha is a man that really strikes me. He really is an unsung hero in uh, my mind. And so what we see there is this. Uh, We don't know all too much about Elisha. We know that he is a farmer. Uh, We know that he is the son of Shaphap. I'm probably not even pronouncing that right. Uh, It is one of those names where I always tell people, if you think your name is bad, you got to read a couple things in the the Bible and where they come up with these names. But he was a farmer. Uh, He probably worked on his his dad's farm. And most likely, Elisha was wealthy or his dad was wealthy. So it's going by what it says in there about the oxen and things along those lines. It it gives uh, uh, Bible scholars, if you would, the picture that uh, they had some money. They were a little bit wealthy. And most likely, and this is important, is when Elijah comes calling Elisha, Elisha is probably around 20 years of age right here in 1 Kings chapter 19 uh, when he gets this call on his life. And go, well, how do we know that? The scripture doesn't tell us. Well, the reason it is believed he's around 20 years of age is because uh, Elisha's ministry covers roughly 60 years and the span of four different kings. And so if your ministry is 60 years, you're not starting when you're 30, 40, 50 years of age. It, it's just too too far. And so he's probably right around the, you know, 20 years of age and lives to, you know, about 80 years of, of life. And so what happens is this, and this is a little bit of a backstory, but Elijah had a conversation with God. Elijah was a prophet of God. He was a man that God was using mightily to go around and tell the nation of Israel of their sin and call them to repentance and things along those lines. But Elijah was also, he he battled depression and we could use the phrase uh, suicidal thoughts uh, in his life. And So Elijah wasn't in a good place. And so long story short, God tells Elijah that, okay, you need to go back and you need to to anoint these two kings, and then you need to go anoint Elisha as a prophet. And so that's exactly what Elijah does. He goes, he finds Elisha, and as we read here in the scriptures, uh, Elijah went up to Elisha and threw his mantle around him. And you go, wow, Elijah just knocked Elisha out. Why would he throw a huge piece of wood at Elisha? Well, that word mantled isn't the mantle that is above your fireplace if you have one of those. It's just another way of saying cloak. Uh, it's actually more of a scarf. So if you think of a, uh, a bigger scarf, uh, a little bit wider than normal, a little bit longer than normal, a little bit heavier uh, than normal, that was, that scarf was the cloak. It was the thing that marked Elijah as a prophet of God. And so when you saw Elijah coming and you saw that scarf on him, you knew that he was a prophet of God. And so what Elijah does is he takes that scarf off of himself and he throws it onto Elisha. And what that is, is this. It was Elijah telling Elisha, going, hey, you're up next. It's it's your turn. 
it's time for you to take over as a prophet of God. You're going to be my replacement. And it was literally Elijah handing the baton off to Elisha. It was raising up the next generation to replace Elijah. It was him giving him the job. It was him giving that uh, responsibility to him. And the great thing about this is simply this. Elisha knew what it meant. Because we read in verse 20 that Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. And he goes, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. And he goes, then I'll come with you. And so Elisha knew what this meant. Elisha knew that when this cloak was thrown around him, that Elijah was telling him, going, okay, God is calling you to follow me. He is calling you to leave your home, leave the job that you have, to follow me, to learn and be discipled, because God is going to use you, that you're going to be my replacement, and that you need to come with me. And so Elisha knew this from the start. And what Elisha wants to do is this. Elisha wants to uh, go and tell his mom and dad goodbye, tell his family and his friends uh, goodbye. And Elijah goes, well, what have I done to you? And what he means by that is just simply this. He goes, listen, Elisha, I did my part. I came, I anointed you, I called you to this. Now it is your responsibility to do this. What you do from here on out is on you. I've done my part. And so what does Elisha do? He has a huge cookout, a huge barbecue, if you would, uh, and he has a going away party. And he kisses mom and dad goodbye, and he follows Elijah. And Elisha's ministry is amazing. Uh, If you count, you'll find that Elijah had 14 recorded uh, miracles, but Elisha had 28 in his life and his ministry. It's just fantastic. And what we see in the life and ministry of Elisha is this. He loved his people, he loved his God, and he followed the leading of the Lord. We see that throughout the life of Elisha. But when I look at his life, the one thing that comes to my mind, and this is the overarching theme that I wanted to bring across to you today and, and hopefully give you something to, to think about, to meditate on, to pray about, is this. Elisha lived for an audience of one. You see, that's what an unsung hero does. An unsung hero lives for the audience of one. And what I mean by that is this. You live for the glory of, the honor of, the will of, the purpose of one person, and that is Jesus Christ. That you live to please first and foremost Jesus with your life, before anybody else, before anything else. I'm married, uh, married almost 20 years, uh, have four kids, ranging from the ages of uh, 7 to 14, uh, of family members. I'm on multiple things, boards, if you would, that make decisions from in my church, uh, the church that I pastor, to um, being a pastor to pastors as a district superintendent, um, being on a Bible camp board. And so I'm in positions to make decisions all the time as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, as board members, and things along those lines. I, I, I'm in those positions at, at all the time. And you need to live for an audience of one. And what that means is this. Before you live for your husband, before you live for your spouse, before you live for your kids or your mom or your dad or your grandmother or your aunt, 
before you live for the next paycheck, before you live for the title before your name or after your name, before you live for the degree, before you live for the bank account, before you live for all of that, you live for Jesus. That our lives as Christ followers ought to be lived for an audience of one. That we are only living our lives to please and honor and glorify one person, and that is Jesus. It means we are living our lives for the approval of just one person, and that's Jesus. When you look into our culture, especially right now, a lot different than when when I grew up, but you look in our culture right now, people live for everybody else. We live for that red notification number to come up on our Facebook app. Hey, you have a notification. Oh, yes. Or you live for that heart on Instagram. Oh, I got somebody else liked my picture. This is fantastic. You're living for that. Our culture lives to see who can have the the nicer car, the, the better home. And we live for all of those things. How many vacations can I take this year? How many zeros are on in my bank account? And we live for it. We live to show our allegiance to our political party. We live to show our thoughts and our opinions on all these different issues. And don't get me wrong, there's times where those, those things are needed. But that is our goal, that we live to please self, to honor self, to glorify our own desires and our wants. But the unsung hero, the follower of Christ, should be living for the audience of one, and that is living for Jesus Christ. That's what you and I are to be doing in our lives that you and I need to have the mindset and the lifestyle. Notice that. It's not just a mind, mindset. It is a lifestyle of I want to please, honor, glorify, and follow Jesus Christ first and foremost. See, Elisha had that. See, when you start to look into and at the life and faithfulness of Elisha, he had one goal, and his one goal was to please the Lord. He wanted to please Jesus. And I'm not saying Elisha was perfect. I'm not saying it at all. He had sin. He stumbled, and, and he fell, just like you and I are going to stumble and fall all the time. But Elisha's goal and what his aim was was to live for God and God first and foremost and to honor him in all areas of his life. Now what happens, and and for whatever reason, you and I, we start to have this mindset. We have to have, that we have to have all of it, that uh, we, we want to be the best spouse that we could be, that we want to be the best child we, that we can be, we want to be the best student we could be, we, we want to be the best worker or employee or, or boss or husband or pastor or whatever that case may be, that we want to be the best that we can be in those areas of our lives. And don't get me wrong, it's good. I want to be the best husband I can be. I want to be the best father I can be. I want to be the best pastor that I want to be. But here's, what, here's where you and I missed the boat. You see, we missed the boat when we're not living for Jesus. You see, when we live for the audience of our spouse, or we live for the approval or desires for our kids, we live for the glory and honor of our kids or our work or our employee or the business or the bank account or anything along those lines, 
we actually lose out. And here's what I mean. If you want to be the best that you can be in any situation or any area in your life, the only way you could be the best you can be is to first and foremost live for Jesus. That's it. See, the best you can be is found in living for an audience of Jesus Christ. Jesus says it this way in Matthew. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and the rest of this will be given unto you. He says, we live to please and honor and glorify Jesus and first, first and foremost in our lives. That enables you to be the best spouse. As you live for Jesus, that enables you to be the best parent. As you live for Jesus first and foremost, that enables you to be the best student or the best worker or the best uh, business owner or the best boss. It enables you to be the best. But if you don't live first and foremost for Jesus, you're missing out on everything else because it's Christ that enables you to be the best of yourself because you are following him and walking with him. So I asked you at the start of this episode, Who are you living for? What are you living for? Do you live to please and honor Jesus first and foremost in your life? Or is it someone else or someone else? Are you living for an audience of one? It gives us something to think about. But if we could turn that and start to live for an audience of one and the one being Jesus, I'm pretty sure that God is going to honor that, and we're going to see a lot of difference in our our lives. I pray that this week's episode has been a blessing to you, and if that's been the case, I would love uh, to for you to like or subscribe to this episode uh, wherever you're listening to. Maybe leave, leave a review. Uh, share it with your family and your friends if you don't mind doing that. Uh, that would be an incredible blessing to us um, as we just want to help you walk uh, closer and healthier with Jesus. And so we hope you have a great day and a great week, and uh, we will catch you next week. So you take care.